also, at the end of the story, they say that Sophia could be president. I think she totally could. Sofia Valdez is a dreamer, a doer, a real go-getter. She and her grandfather, her abuela, run errands for friends, rake leaves from the sidewalk, walk dogs, and embody what Mr. Rogers would call being a good neighbor. Sofia is also just a kid, which some of the grown-ups down in City Hall think means she can't make meaningful change. And when you're passed over by bureaucrats like the mayor of the town, the thought of making change can get a kid like Sophia down. But Sophia musters the courage to speak truth to power. And what happens next? Well, we'll tackle it this hour. Hi, I'm Sarah DeBacher, your host for Little Voices, Big Ideas, the podcast that makes the case for using kids' picture books to talk about the big and sometimes difficult ideas that accompany us all on our respective life journeys. This season, we're looking at books that inspire the minds of the future presidents in your family, those kiddos who write carefully crafted pleas to the tooth fairy or rally their classes around calls for longer recess. The ones who inspire the family to shirk plastic straws in the new year, or who would really just like a healthy planet to live on, thank you very much. Theirs are the little voices with the big ideas that stand to shape our shared futures, and we are here for it. On today's episode, Sofia Valdez, Future Prez. This 2019 title, written by Andrea Beatty and illustrated by David Roberts, tells the story of what one girl, just a kid, can accomplish through summoning the courage to speak up. In Sophia's case, the truth that needs speaking is that a dangerous garbage pile stands to harm the town of Blue Creek. Once Sophia rallies her friends, family, and neighbors around her, a movement grows and a park gets built where Mount Trashmore once stood. I'm joined today by fellow bookworms and co-conspirators in using picture books to change the world, Susan Larson, host of the podcast The Reading Life. Hi, Sarah. Children's book author and public scholar, Freddie Evans. Hello. And philosophy professor and author of multiple books on teaching philosophy to the youngest among us, Tom Wartenberg. Hi, it's good to be with you. We will also hear from eight-year-old Leah and her father, Thomas, who you may recognize from another episode recorded back when Leah was just five. The two of them let Sofia Valdez, Future Prez, lead them and us through a broad range of topics on what it means to live young and old in a country built of, by, and for the people. Let's do it. Let's go beyond the bedtime story. So what strikes me about this book 
And I think what I love most about it, and I'm going to go ahead and confess that I did not initially adore this book because, y'all, it's filled with rhyme scheme. And quite frankly, rhyme scheme can get on this mama's nerves in spite of the fact that I might fall into it now that I've referenced it and I'm going to feel like hopelessly drawn to draw upon rhyme scheme. It's just not my favorite vehicle. However, I really, really love this book because it feels like it tells a story unique to the future generation. It really feels of the moment. And I don't know if that struck you about the book or if there's anything that y'all want to talk about, but that's what really stood out to me is that here is this young person who has grown up in an era, quite frankly, of like collective trauma and trauma that's being broadcast on on all of these screens and trauma that she's probably witnessed when she's going to school and you know going through school shooting trainings and there are you know some indications in the illustrations that this is you know a contemporary child who's also growing up not only in a generation of collective trauma but in a generation of increasing diversity and you know the complexity and the beauty and the challenge that she faces as a result of that increasing diversity and um, one of the things that stood out to me most in the book is actually an illustration of Sophia standing at the bottom of the steps of City Hall, and she's just tiny, you know, and you can really feel how almost afraid she is to to speak her voice. And there's another moment, I think, right before that, where she wakes up in the middle of the night because she's been told by those around her, you go, go ahead, go ahead and get this city park going. And she can't sleep because it just feels impossible. At any rate, I'm landing this book, I guess, for us in terms of the way in which it speaks to a particular moment. And I know that Leah and Thomas will illustrate that for us in their conversations. But I also want to be quiet for a moment, listen to the voices around me, and ask if there's anything that stood out to you about this book that you'd like to talk about. Susan? I think you're right, because we're living in the age of Greta Thunberg, where we've seen a young woman make terrific change and, and speak out and be lauded for it. And who doesn't love a success story with a happy ending? And an ending that really is that matters and is possible in the real world? One of the things I think most really successful children's books do for young people is challenge boundaries and show mm -hmm. them they have power in the world, power to make a difference. And that's what Sophia does. One of the things I like about it in a, in a weird kind of way is that it shows the pleasure of work. Mm. When you're working at something you love or that matters to you, it's not Cinderella-type work. It's really meaningful work, you know, and I, and I love that about her. But I also love her fear. Mm. You know, everybody goes, well, you get that park done. Mm -hmm. You know, let us know when you're done. Mm -hmm. And she, the full weight of that responsibility sinks. Right. But the power of the idea is that it's good for everybody, mm -hmm. you know, which I think matters terrifically. And good ideas have that power to attract followers. And that's what she sees. She rallies people around her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Freddie, what strikes you about Sofia Valdez's future prez? 
Well, there's so much that comes to my mind when I think about the content of the book. But one of them is what brought her to the point of bravery and what enabled her to make this difference in the world. And it's the relationship, I believe, that she had with her grandfather. I think that's really important, that relationship that's built on trust, that's built on longevity. It started when she was very, very young. This man walked her to school back and forth, and he also gave her the sense of what we call a servant leader because he helped her to see the importance of helping others, to doing things that didn't directly profit or benefit her, but in the end, it did benefit her. And it was those qualities of altruism, of um, problem solving, of giving to others, giving back, that led people to say, you could be the president, Mm -hmm. because you have those qualities of a president, Mm -hmm. you know, to help others and to problem solve and to get the work done. Right to be so determined and to persevere. Yeah, so a lot a lot packed in there to the rhyme scheme. Tom, yes. do you care to, to comment on from a philosopher's perspective on um, some of the themes afoot? Yeah, actually, I'd love to comment on the book because to me, as a philosophy professor, the book is filled with ethical issues that it raises, and I think they're really interesting and make a great subject for discussion. So uh, Freddie mentioned the grandfather I mean, one of the issues is, even though it's the injury that happens to her grandfather that makes Sophia willing to do what she does, do we have more of a moral responsibility and ethical responsibility to people who are related to us than we do to have to others? Mm. I mean, if this happens to somebody else, would she also, should she also have been trying to do something to change the dangerous situation? I also love the fact that when she's dealing with the clerk who basically as obnoxious, the way that she gets the clerk to change her mind is to ask her to basically engage in an imaginative exercise, what philosophers call a thought experiment. And it's interesting to think about why that's effective. Why is asking the clerk to imagine being Sophia sufficient to get the clerk to change her mind? And then a final ethical issue that I think is really interesting uh, relates to things that I think both Susan and Sarah talked about, which is fear and bravery. Mm. I think the book is something like being brave is not letting your fears getting in the way of what you know you have to do. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting conception of what bravery is and the way in which fears keep us from being the people we'd want to be. So I think there's a lot of room for an ethical discussion of of bravery and and how that works because it's true that that picture Sarah that you talked about which has this like minuscule Sophia mm-hmm. standing in front of this huge building makes you realize that you know yeah it's scary to do some of the things that we think we should be doing um, and in particular in the book if you want to try to make some significant changes that probably will threaten people in power uh, that's scary. Yeah, you should do it. You should. That's bravery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I want to get this book straight into the hands of Leah and Thomas and hear what they have to say and how it gets uncovered through their collective spirit and minds. Let's listen. Though she didn't feel brave or courageous at all, Sofia Valdez went to face City Hall. And you know what City Hall is, right? Dun, 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 dun. Is it a city hall? That's not far off the mark, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you take a guess what it is by the context clues of the story? Um, it's a big building with stuff, with plans for the city and like 
stuff that helps the city make a better place. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's often um, uh, things like uh, the mayor's office is there. Sometimes uh, elected officials within our city work out of the that office too. It's where a bunch of... Uh, I thought that was the Washington place, like Washington, D.C. Well, that is on a national level. This is on more on a local level. Oh. Right? Because you know that a mayor is in charge of the local area. No, I uh, am bad at, like, that stuff. About government and... Uh, I do not know anything. Well, you're only in third grade. There's time to learn. The governor is our uh, in charge of the state, and then the president is in charge of what? Everything. Well, <laughs> what's the... Even cheese. <laughs> so you can hear that there are some opportunities in this book for... Um, what I would call like direct instruction, you know, but also you can see, you can hear how when you combine sort of the interplay between meaning making and looking at the pictures in a beautiful picture book, how much sense the mind of a child like Leah can make simply from being given the opportunity to pay attention to those context clues. I put my sort of teacher hat or my mom, you know, with the book hat on right there. What what stood out to any of y'all about what you just heard? I love that he started with City Hall. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so interesting to me that she didn't know where it was, but not surprising. But I grew up in a small town where everybody knew where City Hall was. And I love in the book particularly that City Hall is next to the library. <laughs> but that's half the page next to it, mm-hmm. you know, as it is in New Orleans, yeah. which to me would call for a road trip. You know, <laughs> walk into City Hall, walk into the main library, see what Duncan Plaza really looks like. Right. You know, make sure your kiddo has seen City Hall. I'm a big fan of taking the book into the world. Yeah. You know, and, and looking around a bit. I love what Thomas says because he reinforces the power of that image, mm-hmm. because he shows that he understands exactly how Leah feels, but he doesn't let her get away with saying, I don't know anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with Susan. And I like how the this book, as many as others do, give you the opportunity to take the book beyond the pages and bring it to your real life and to apply it in so many different ways. Absolutely. Why did the store clerk not believe in Sophia? Because the kids don't have as much experience as the adults, and the store clerk thinks that Sophia is just a kid and she can't do anything. Yeah. Because she doesn't have as much experience. But she could have moved from Mexico to China to America to Paris to Asia to Africa to Australia and then back to America. Do you think moving around like that uh, helps you inform you in some sort of way, shape, or form? Yeah, it informs you about every culture and stuff. Oh, so if you have, the more like places you visit and the more places you see, the more informed you are about the world? Yeah, because you learn more about how the world works in some places. I love that. I think one of the things that stood out to me about this particular exchange between Leah and Thomas is the just a kid refrain that occurs throughout the book. And I know, Tom, you mentioned that there's some really interesting ethical questions and generational ethical questions here. But I was really interested in the way that label 
of just a kid, you know, impacted people's perceptions of her and what she was capable of, but also impacted her perception of herself. You know, when you get told you're just a kid, you tend to internalize that. So it's really refreshing then to hear Leah just imagining herself world traveling and all that can come from the possibility of a life lived, even though Leah's eight, right? So she is, quote unquote, just a kid and yet listen to what is possible from that little kid's big brain. (laughs) I was struck by the question of what the justification is uh, for saying that kids can't do certain things. Mm. Um, And Leah sort of asks, is it because they lack experience? And that's just, it's an interesting question. If, 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 um, If there is any justification for saying young people can't do things that adults can. Also, I think anybody who's been watching what's been going on politically, the idea that adults are trustworthy and responsible for their actions, I mean, forget it. You know? Right? Mm-hmm. So, think- you know, maybe kids are more trustworthy, more responsible than many adults are. No, I thought Sophia was a pretty cool kid. She reminds me of you a lot because, uh, she stands up for what she believes in and chases after it. Like when I know that you were, when I think you were in first grade, you started a petition for your school. Do you remember that? Yes. What was the petition about? Um, To make the school give out metal forks and spoons and knives. So you could stab each other? No! Oh, why, 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 for because what? Because the plastic pollutes. This is for the lunchroom? Yeah. Okay, yeah. This is for the lunchroom. You wanted uh, metal utensils in the lunchroom? Yeah. Because the plastic pollutes? Yeah. And what? And polluting is bad. If I recall correctly, she talks a little bit about what happens as a result of that inspired moment. You know, thank you very much. Can we just have a, a planet that we can live in, grown ups? Really, it's amazing and, and inspiring to hear that sort of focus on care for the earth. You ever thought about maybe getting another petition signed up? I don't know. If it was about something that's not important, like, let us wear pajamas to school every day, um, they would probably say no. But it was, it was like something that's good, like... Like, I don't know, metal utensils in the cafeteria? <laughs> yeah. And then they might say yes. Nice. I think, uh... I would totally do it if somebody else started it up. Wait. If somebody else started it up, is that what you said? You're nodding. Yes. Yeah. Uh, talk to me more about that. Why? Why would it be easier to follow someone else who is doing that instead well, of being the first person to do it yourself? I would, like, I would be the first person to sign it, but just... I don't know. It's hard to take the first step, isn't it? Yeah, you know that. You've done that already, though, before. Last year, when you started the petition, you were the one to take the first step. And now, a year later, it's hard to take that first step again? Tell me why it's hard to take the first step. Because I agree with you. I think it is hard because to be the first I'm person. Because now I'm older and more mature, and it's like, great, I like, didn't care. I was not shy. Uh-huh. Now I'm more shy. So now you're more shy. Because I care more about what other people think. Mm. 
There's Leah at the steps of City Hall, right? I mean, right. I can see this actually like almost makes me want to weep because it's sad. There's something about this that feels sad to me that even an eight-year-old is recognizing that something has changed in terms of her own feelings of bravery. And I think that theme has been brought up. I'd love for us to tug at that thread a little bit here. Tom, what did you want to say about this book and this theme of bravery and maybe what Leah and Thomas were just talking about? Leah's comment really reminded me of the big orange splot and how people are willing to conform and worry about what other people think. Uh, so that I see a connection between her comment and the book. Right. And in fact, in the work that I've done with children in schools, one of the things that we've noticed is that young kids, so like I'm talking here like second graders as opposed to sixth graders, the second graders are much more willing to take risks and say what they think, and they don't worry so much about what other kids think. And Leah's really reflecting something that happens developmentally when kids start being aware of others and thinking about the opinions that other people have of them and are willing to defer their own judgments to being socially accepted. Mm. So I think that that's a real significant uh, issue that she and her father have pinpointed here, uh, which is that kids sort of lose um, very early in their development their ability to just be themselves because they start thinking, well, it really matters. I want to be part of the in crowd or whatever it is. Then other people's views affect them. Right. And, you know, it has to do with the fear of rejection. And as I said, I think the book pinpoints that too, because the um, question is, why, why don't we do the right thing? And what the book suggests is, I mean, we're not brave, but it has to do with fear. You know, we really fear certain things. And I think the scope of our fears is really enormous. And uh, we have to really learn uh, to figure out what it is we're scared of and to figure out how our fears can really affect us and cause us not to do the things that we know are the right things to do. Freddie, I know that you were talking about servant leadership, but also like the this idea of the power of one. I don't know if you're hearing that sort of reflected back here. At the core of this, as Tom said, is is bravery. Because in the big orange splot, the character, Mr. Plumbeam, was an adult. But in this case, Sophia is a second grader, but it still takes bravery to make the difference to be the first to step out and to make that difference. I think all of us have talked about that. Susan, as well as Tom and you, mm-hmm. talked about the importance of bravery. So how do we develop that in children and how do we maintain it? Because she had it initially, mm-hmm. but then began to lose a little bit along the way. And I think, again, it comes back to that relationship that you have with the person who's really influential in your life, like this father and daughter in, this, in the example that we just mm-hmm. heard. What inspires you to do good things? Me. And books. Books inspire you? Yeah. Do you think that this story of Sofia Valdez could be a good little inspiration and a reminder 
that you yourself, Leah LaVere, can be uh, the person to kind of make those changes? Oh my gosh, now everybody who's listening to this knows my middle name, whoopee. Very funny, <laughs> but I'm, I'll ask you a question. Um, what was the question again? The question was, can this book be a good example of a person finding courage yes. to stand up for what they believe in? Yes. Me and books. The end. <laughs> It's all you it. need. I know it. it is. Anyone else want to comment on what you heard there? No, it speaks for itself. It does. What a beautiful, loving relationship that Thomas and Leah have. The I don't know. I, you can just tell that there's a level of comfort there and that clearly they're doing a lot of reading and talking together. And exactly. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. It makes me want to read books with her. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> So at the end of the story, they say that Sophia could be precedent. I think she totally could. Yeah? Why do you think that? Because if she's already made a change, then she'd just like set off to be president. Right? Like if she's just starting there at a young age, she could do more? Yeah, like in second grade, third grade, fourth grade. If she can do that in second grade, she can do like a lot more things mm. in when she's an adult. Do you think that the things that she hopes for and that she wishes for uh, won't come true? I think they will if she tries hard enough. If she doesn't try hard enough, they won't. You need to earn it. You need to earn it. Yeah. Mm. So if you don't try, sometimes it doesn't work. I want to thank Leah and her father, Thomas, for opening up their brave hearts and big minds to us. Panelists Susan, Freddie, and Tom for their big ideas on bringing this book home. And you, dear listener, for listening. If you would like to see pictures of Leah and her dad, Thomas, or if you'd like to check out other episodes of Little Voices Big Ideas, please visit primetimefamily.org. Primetime Family Reading is an initiative of the Louisiana Endowment for the Humanities. Primetime's podcast, Little Voices Big Ideas, is made possible by the generous support of the Community Foundation of Northwest Louisiana, the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, and the National Endowment for the Humanities. Theme music was composed by Sam Gelbiand. George Ingmeyer is our producer. I'm Sarah DeBacher. The views expressed in this episode are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions or policies of our funders or the endowment board or staff. We close this season of Little Voices Big Ideas with the presidential platforms of the not-so-little voices you've heard from these past six episodes. Jude, Harper, Alex, Alexia, Leilani, Leah, Bow and Arrow, Fisher, Jojo, Silas, Robin, and Charlie. Open a bunch of video game stores and have a city dedicated to video games. Lulu with a helmet on. Kitten football? Yeah, kitten football. I would make an invention that would like make it safer for oil to travel. My platform would be for a zoo for everybody to go inside and pet the pets, except for the lions. If I was running for president, 
I would do it at a aquarium so everybody can see all of the creatures and they can touch the lobsters. I would say no pollution, no garbage, nothing that's bad for the earth. If I was president, I would let all people, if they're different, to vote. Try and make our environment a better place and try to make our city and land clean and try to help out our environment that we live in as much as I can. Keep mirrors on building. I tell them to do stuff that's good. Everything is for free. Everything is for free? Who's going to pay for it? No one. No one. Vote for me because if I become president, that'll be pretty funny. A thousand dollars for everyone who voted for me. Where are you gonna get that money? I'm gonna be rich. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how. Tell me again how the people tell their stories and who did what. Where and when, uh-huh, mm. Tell me again The one from start to finish And tell me where do I fit in, uh-huh, mm-hmm Oh, I see, yes, I get it now Everybody's got something to say to each other Everybody's got something to say To each other